0: Welcome to the Ranking of the Stars, a podcast in which I, Jack D'Elobabalik, and my lovely, luscious, liberal agenda wife...
1: Hi, I'm Emmeline D'Elobabalik.
0: ...watch in chronological order every single movie that has won the Oscar for Best Picture. And today's movie is...
1: All the King's Men.
0: Alternatively titled, Freedom Willie,
1: Freedom Willie, Freedom Willie. I like this one.
0: Do you have Free Willie in Europe? Was that a thing?
1: About the whale? Yes. Yes. The
0: movie in which a small child befriends a killer whale. (laughs) And helps him escape into the ocean, which I'm not sure killer whales can survive in.
1: (laughs) Although, weirdly enough, I think instead of Free Willy, we called it Saving Willy.
0: (laughs) Saving Private Willy? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. That's what my goof title is based off of. Not my best work, but I did what I could. (laughs)
1: I like it. I think it fits. It's
0: good enough for government work. Yeah. Uh, what's the poster look like? Oh, boy. <laughs> a whole lot of heads and a whole lot of text. Yes. This reminds me of the text, uh, the font style in the Stinky Cheese Man. It's also the same color as like the dust jacket of that book, <gasps> So, <laughs> which is a much better narrative than this movie.
1: <laughs> and it says, The Pulitzer Prize winning novel becomes a vital very great motion picture oh so this
0: poster was written by donald trump
1: yeah that it was exactly <laughs> my thought
0: very great it's huge movie
1: <laughs> which
0: it made all the money no one ever watched anything after it
1: <laughs> it already underestimates or uh, or overestimates itself because not underestimates i don't remember the which word i'm I'm looking for. overestimates no never mind uh it's like you don't need to say very great. Like if the movie is great, you don't need to say very.
0: Very very great. The line was around the building. Yeah. <laughs> Why is M- Mark Wahlberg on the poster? He's not in the movie.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is not at all what that actor looks like. I know that's supposed to be Willie, but that looks like Mark Wahlberg.
1: That's kind of what he looks like, though, at the beginning of the movie uh, when he when we first meet him on the street.
0: I think he looks more like a poor man's Gene Hackman.
1: I don't know who that is. What? What?
0: What? Hold on, everyone. Who's Gene Hackman? <laughs> Hold on, time out. We gotta look up Gene Hackman. Where's your phones? <laughs> See what I mean? I guess. Yeah.
1: I guess. I I don't to me, know. Anyway. To, to me, that he he's very true to life. I can recognize who uh, who it is. It, it definitely looks to like the you know, the character to me.
0: Yeah. The weird thing about this is is that he does this thing when he's giving impassioned speeches where his the front of his hair like flops down a little bit in front of his face. <laughs> and that was the trademark of uh, Joseph McCarthy. But McCarthy didn't become a thing until in the 50s. So they they couldn't have been intentionally doing that. No. Also, his young son looks almost exactly like young Elvis. And Elvis didn't, didn't debut until the mid 50s either
1: oh that i can see Yeah. so this
0: movie was written by time travelers is what i'm trying to say
1: (laughs) anyway to give you a little bit of context for this poster it looks like it it has like little like leaves kind of like the the crown of the Palme d'Or and the can film festival the kind of on the th- side of it
0: the kind of thing a roman emperor would wear those kind of yes. those kind of leaves yeah
1: yes you
0: get this crown when you win at the ancient olympics
1: and then you know characters heads yep some bodies whole
0: bunch of heads and just bland boring white background and, and big ass stinky cheese man style yeah. text yep boo boo this poster
1: yeah Fun facts?
0: Uh,
1: Actually, information about the movie. Information about the movie. Yes. So it is based on a novel of the same title that was published in 1946 and that was written by Robert Penn Warren.
0: A novel I've actually read and did not realize that until we started uh, watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute.
1: (laughs) I know this story.
0: Yep. Although that was a long time ago. I read it when I was a teenager, so most of it's gone. Yeah. Lost to the ages.
1: The story focuses on a fictional character named Willie Stark who is supposedly based on Louisiana governor Huey Long.
0: The Kingfish.
1: And so I I went and found out some information about Huey Long because I was curious.
0: Is is Willie Stark related to Tony Stark?
1: Who knows. <laughs> Okay, so a little is this
0: is this the first movie in the MCU? <laughs> Did we find it?
1: A little bit of backstory about Huey Long. He was the 40th governor of the state of Louisiana.
0: Well, in the movie, they never say what state they're in. They talk no. about the state constantly, but never what state it is.
1: We kind of get an idea that we're in the south. Oh, we
0: definitely know we're in the south, but but we don't know gets exactly where. Any more specific than that?
1: Yeah. He was a governor of the state of Louisiana from 1928 to 1932. He was a lawyer who mostly took on poor clients at first and ended up suing oil companies. And he even argued in front of the United States Supreme Court and in front of President Taft.
0: A hero of the working man.
1: Exactly. He became a powerful governor, expanded social programs, built the tallest Capitol building in the entire nation, and he was generally seen a- as a champion of the people. Uh, but behind the scenes, he abused his power to get what he wanted. There were impeachment proceedings against him that started in 1929, but uh, they it didn't go anywhere because it completely fell through in the state senate. Then he was elected senator in 1930, but didn't assume the position until 1932.
0: The mastery of bribery and corruption didn't get properly prosecuted.
1: Shocker. Why that? <laughs> Shocker. That,
0: that doesn't sound like America. Are you sure? <laughs>
1: And then people thought that he would be running for president in 1936, but then he was assassinated. Uh, And apparently after him, his wife became a senator, his son became a senator, and one of his brothers also became a governor.
0: Cut off one head and two take its place.
1: (laughs) Yeah, get a family of uh, politicians. Political
0: dynasty. We don't have kings anymore. (laughs)
1: Back to the movie. Yep. Uh, it was written, directed, and produced by Robert Rawson. It was distributed by Columbia Pictures. The premiere date occurred on November 8th, 1949. But it, was, it wasn't released throughout the country until January 1950. Huh. Uh, and the running time is 110 minutes. The budget at the time was two million dollars and it made over 4.2 million dollars at the box office so overall a pretty uh, popular movie yeah they love it yep characters and actors let's do it we have broderick crawford who plays willie stark and seymour or seymour seymour she plays his wife lucy while uh, John Derek plays his adopted son, Tom
0: his adopted son Elvis
1: <laughs> Elvis <laughs> uh, John Ireland plays Jack Burden. He's a journalist who oh. is tasked to uh, follow Stark's career.
0: His last name is Burden, yeah, and he lives in Burden's landing. Yes, I didn't put I didn't know. <laughs> It's all coming together.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't fully understand what his last name was at first. It could have been Button or Barton. I didn't even hear uh, him say it. It's and Burden. I, I watched this movie twice. <laughs> <laughs> we have Catherine Warren who plays his mother very briefly. Joan Drew plays his love interest. And Stanton. And her brother, Dr. Adam Stanton, is played by Shepard Strudwick.
0: He looks super familiar. There's some modern actor that he was a, a copy-paste of, but I cannot... I, I, c-
1: I can't put my finger on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Must be a relative or something, because he's got the same face and same voice and same like laser glare. Mm.
1: They also have an uncle whose name is Judge Monty Stanton, uh, who is played by Raymond Greenleaf. And then we have some side characters who aren't related to anyone else, really. Uh, Mercedes mm. McCambridge plays Sadie Burke.
0: Mercedes. They were doing it even back then, huh? Mercedes. Your name is a car.
1: <laughs> uh, she is Stark's secretary and campaign manager.
0: Mean as a snake.
1: <laughs> yeah, she is very blunt.
0: Yeah, she's cruel. Cruel, you know. Yeah
1: uh ralph dumkey plays tiny duffy he's a corrupt city official
0: good old boy <laughs> yeah if tiny there, duffy if there ever was one <laughs> a man who just eternally is wearing suspenders and has a cigar in his mouth
1: yes <laughs> yeah. yes and then we have walter burke who plays sugar boy i didn't really know what what to call him he's kind of like a he's a goon he's a, a goon he
0: is the most goon ass goon i've ever seen <laughs> Because goons come in two flavors. There's the the giant uh, enforcer like muscly type, and then there's the tiny guy who goes yeah yeah anytime anyone says something. Yes. And uh, Sugar Boy is of the the latter type. Okay. He, he's the tiny type of goon.
1: I didn't really know what you want me to rough him to up for him. you, boss.
0: Yeah, that's All exactly right. what Sugar Boy is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Some fun facts. There's not many. There weren't many fun facts about this one. The movie is the 15th adaptation of a Pulitzer Prize winning novel and it's apparently the last one also
0: last one that appears in the Oscars I believe so. Wow that's surprising
1: I believe so Not
0: all 15 of them won though right
1: No but yeah. it, it was the the last it was the, the 15th adaptation of a Pulitzer Prize winning novel that was nominated for uh, an Academy Award
0: yeah, everyone stopped reading after the 40s. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, after the 40s, when you think about it. They said, the, wait
0: a minute, books are for nerds.
1: <laughs> like television came yeah, out. You're, so.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. That's uh, the next decade is when tele- people started. Everybody started getting televisions. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's all come together.
1: Television, radio also became more popular. So
0: the decline of civilization. Exactly. It all starts here.
1: Uh, The role of Willie Stark was originally offered to John Wayne, who refused it because he apparently thought that the story was unpatriotic.
0: (laughs) Can't lose faith in our government. Yeah. They are perfect. Moral paragons. How dare you?
1: (laughs) And the irony is that at the Academy Awards that year, both Crawford and Wayne were nominated for Best Actor, and Crawford beat Wayne. Ah,
0: good. Nothing more American than blind, ignorant obedience. <laughs> D- just don't think about it.
1: The movie was mostly shot in California, with locations including the San Joaquin County uh, Courthouse in Stockton. Huh? Yeah, there's Which a lot is-
0: of just dusty fields in this movie. Yeah. I can see it.
1: The movie was selected for preservation in 2001. It has a 97% approval rate. That's like the highest rate it's had on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And the general consensus is that it is a brilliant adaptation of, quote, the corrosive effects of power on the human soul. Unquote. Sure. Yeah. I can see that. Yep.
0: that all checks out.
1: I can see that. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for for John Ireland, Best Writing for the Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. And it won three Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Actor for Bro- uh, Broderick Crawford, and Best Supporting Actress for Mercedes McCambridge. Yeah,
0: she did have more of a role in this than the actual main love interest.
1: Yeah. And the loser's bracket for that year includes Battleground, The Heiress, A Letter to Three Wives, and Twelve O'Clock High.
0: I'd take Twelve O'Clock High out of that.
1: Yes, but I'm not sure exactly why. Like, what do you think that one's about?
0: Sounds like a Western to me. High Noon.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah that makes sense
0: shoot 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 bullet bullet gun
1: that makes sense Pow zap pow i'll probably take anything over this one so yeah,
0: yeah it's not, not a bad movie just kind of boring
1: yeah it's very repetitive and i mean we'll get to it but yeah
0: it has the most montages and information delivered through headlines yes. by far out of yeah. any movie we've watched Almost constant. Are you ready for the plot?
1: Let's get to it.
0: Okay. Opening credits over a political rally slash shots of uh, Willie's back as he gives speeches. These are just scenes taken directly from uh, later in the movie. Yes. Because uh, montage later where Willie gives speeches and there's like these two tiki torches. He's just like standing in a void shouting Mm -hmm. a black void and there's just two tiki torches on either side of him. And that's that's one of the, the scenes they use here. Uh, Then we're in a newspaper office where our male lead, Jack Burden, is informed that the boss wants to see him. He goes to the boss's office, and the boss asks if he's ever heard of a man named Willie Stark. Jack hasn't, and wants to know what's so special about him. The boss replies that he's a politician, but also an honest man, and he wants Jack to go investigate. That's what makes him special. He's actually honest, they say. Yeah,
1: no such thing Mm. as an honest politician.
0: Yep, even back then. Jack mildly says he was promised a vacation and says he has a girl waiting for him. The boss is unmoved and he has a newspaper and there just happens to be a picture of the girl in the newspaper. He shows the boss, see Mm -hmm. this lady, this, her, I want to smooch her. And the boss says, too bad. We then get narration from Jack telling us that he found Willie Stark in uh, Canoma City, a typical hot and dusty backwoods county seat. And yeah, he pulls up, and it's just dirt roads and horse and carriages. It looks like the Old West. Yeah. Uh, a group of people are gathered around Willie as he talks about the political corruption in their county until a group of policemen walk up and tell him gatherings of this size are against the law.
1: Yeah, at that point, he's running for a state commissioner. Yeah, the
0: treasurer, I think. Something to do—he's talking about how— uh, the treasurer are pocketing all of, all the money instead of actually using it for uh projects like building projects and whatnot willie agrees to pack up but has some pamphlets if anyone is interested in hearing more about what he has to say pamphlets are also illegal <laughs> say the cops uh, and there is a minor minor scuffle in which the pamphlets are t- uh, stolen from willie and so is jack's camera because he was trying to take pictures of the the whole scene
1: yeah
0: uh next scene sees jack in a bar or like convenience store i'm not sure what this building is
1: it's it's a little weird because it has they have pool tables yeah there's pool table
0: but also it has the feeling of just like a small convenience store there's nobody else in there except for jack and the people he's talking to yeah and they're just sitting in like normal chairs you would see around a, a dining table Asking a good old boy in a rocking chair if he's Tiny Duffy because he heard that's who he needs to talk to to get his camera back. Duffy and his pack of goons jerk Jack around for a bit and tell him he's sticking his nose in things that aren't his business and other vaguely threatening things until Willie comes in and gives them a new target to pick on. They just, they're just, oh, is, th- is that what you heard, huh? And just everything Tiny Duffy says, he just has a bunch of goons around him and they they laugh and back him up and they're just picking on Jack and. Yeah tiny duffy reminds me of my grandfather a lot
1: i didn't know your grandfather so i can tell
0: yeah my grandfather on my uh, mother's side uh, tiny little cruel pig eyes and like when he talks his upper lip doesn't move and he's he's just kind of casually cruel and thinks it's a uh, hilarious how casually cruel he is mm. yeah good stuff play played that character very well uh, the police that shut willy Willie down also come in with him and duffy asks if they can give him his pamphlets back and to return jack's camera too uh without the slides in it though so he gets the camera back but not the pictures he took of yeah. the, the kerfuffle uh, Willie informs duffy he's going to be right back out on that same corner tomorrow and duffy smugly tells him that it's a free country and if he can get people to vote for him uh, go right ahead Duffy introduces Willie to Jack and Jack asks if they can talk somewhere more private so he can write a story about Willie. And that is also the scene where we get introduced to Pillsbury, Mm -hmm. who is one of Tiny Duffy's goons uh, slash enforcers, and uh, Sugar Boy is there as well. He Mm -hmm. comes in and Sugar Boy has a stutter, which Tiny Duffy makes fun of him for. Mm -hmm. And Willie actually stands up for uh, Sugar Boy and and says uh, he may talk with a stutter, but at least he has uh, things to say.
1: Yeah, he says he's got a stutter, but you're not saying anything. Yeah.
0: Which, hey, we've made progress. Yeah. At
1: least we've got somebody standing for somebody who's being made fun of for once.
0: Yeah. Uh, a decade ago in the early 30s, the, the movies themselves were laughing at people for having stutters, but now we have a, a character yeah. standing up for someone making fun of it, and, you know, as if that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Slow, and incremental progress.
1: It only took. Only what? took a decade. Uh, I mean. We had somebody with a stutter maybe in even in the very first movie we watched, so it only took, what, 20 years? Yep.
0: Uh, Willie takes Jack back to his home, a small building in the middle of a dirt field. You can just see, like, horses plowing the fields right next to it, and there's just nothing else, just barren wasteland all around.
1: Yeah, it's, just, it's this one house on a country road, and there's nothing around it.
0: Yeah, the middle of nowhere. And he introduces Jack to his elderly father and wife. Uh, He also has an adopted son named Tommy who isn't home. During their talk, we learn that Willie's uh, politicking has caused his wife to lose her teaching job, and also that Willie is studying law in his free time. Then their son Tommy comes in looking uh, roughed up a bit and says that this time they are waiting for him and pushed him into a ditch and beat him up. Willie's wife suggests he go get cleaned up but as soon as they move away from the door a rock smashes through the window.
1: Yeah, Tom was distributing some of the pamphlets. pamphlets. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they were they just stole the pamphlets and, and beat him up. So Willie's politicking is just causing for ev- problems for every single member of his family. Yeah. Also, we get the first inkling that Willie's not as great of a person cuz when Tom comes back uh, he like grabs him and shakes him and like what's the matter with you? What they do to you? And then because uh, Tommy's not explaining it fast enough, and his wife has to step in and say, let him explain it his way, and yeah. don't be so rough. A sign of things to come. Uh, Willie charges out the door onto his porch and yells that they aren't going to stop him from running, and w- we get a weird echo on the audio in this scene. You remember? It's like it's coming out of a speaker, even yes. though he's just talking yeah I don't know man and that
1: it only happened during that very brief scene,
0: yep, it sounds there are scenes later in the movie there where people are are talking through speakers and mm-hmm. it has the exact same echo, so I mm. uh, some some somewhere got crossed over.
1: I read when I was looking through you know the Wikipedia page and other resources to find some fun facts that they shot so much. There was so much material in in what they shot that it was almost too much in the editing phase. They had to hire an outside consultant to really trim it down and to just really keep the scenes that made sense to have a, a coherent and cohesive movie, but essentially... Even the producers thought that they there was too much that was shot and that the consultant really saved the movie in the end because before he came in, nobody had any idea you know, where to begin and where to end with everything that they had shot.
0: How to trim it down. That makes sense because this movie jumps around a lot. Yeah. Just all over the place. And even with the job they did, there's uh, a couple scenes, especially towards the end, that just have no relevance whatsoever to anything and be, could, be, could be completely removed without losing anything from the plot. Yeah. So then we fade to a close up of a paper and a typewriter as Jack writes the story about Willie. The final line says, I had the feeling that in Willie Stark, Kenoma County had found that rare thing. An honest man with courage. He hands it in to the boss and the boss says it sounds like he really believes what he's writing. Uh, Jack says he does and also asks if he can take that vacation now he's given the go ahead and the next scene is jack in his car as it is ferried across a small river on a barge ultimately being deposited at burden's landing as his interior monologue says that for the first time he's wondering if his home is separated from the mainland by more than just water and we get he returns to burden's landing i think two or three more times throughout the movie and it's always it always starts with this exact same scene yeah. of his car on the barge being ferried across yeah and it just, the barge pulls up to the shore and he just drives his, his car right off it. It's a, it's an exclusive rich person island it <laughs> cut off from the mainland. His first stop is a, a tense meeting with his parents uh, and then a visit with an old family friend nicknamed Judge. He, That's
1: not his parents though. It's his it's mom. His mom and, stepdad. and his stepdad. We
0: yeah. never know what happened to his father. Maybe it says in the novel, but if it did, I don't remember. And we don't. Even know what his specific quarrel is with his stepfather.
1: No, but we things are definitely tense between the two of them. Yeah,
0: and his mom tries to uh, pretend it's not happening, gloss over things. She makes a toast to uh, the best times we've ever had.
1: Yeah, which he's only arrived. So how are how is this the best time you've ever had? Yeah,
0: and his stepdad is sitting there in like a a boatman's uniform like he's piloting a yacht he's got that white like boat captain hat on and like the the yachting vest so he's just you know a a shitty awful rich person he
1: just feels like a very like no nonsense person and kind of like sitting on protocol
0: yeah uh corrupt and proud of it (laughs) as they sit at a small table uh jack and judge uh, on the waterfront, a young woman approaches, and Jack leaps up mid-conversation to run and kiss her, afterwards shouting back at Judge for permission to to kiss his niece. Can I smooch her, sir? He says after he's already smooched her.
1: Yeah.
0: Then we're at a fancy dinner party with dancing and a soft piano music being played by uh, Adam, Anne's brother. Mm-hmm. And it's just in Jack's house. They're not any at any like sort of club or anything. It's just mm. in their living room. People are dancing, and the piano's being played. Yep. And then Jack, uh, Jack's parents, Judge, Adam, and Anne are sitting at a table together and Jack's mother makes a toast to Burden's Landing and all the good times they've had there. Uh, Then she starts talking about the future of Jack's career. Should he be a lawyer or a doctor? Jack cuts her off and says he likes what he does just fine, thank you. Uh, Then his stepfather chimes in and says that he read uh, some of Jack's articles. They were good. Too good. Articles like that shouldn't be written, he says. They just stir people up. Adam says he liked it, though, and would like to meet Willie. He sounds like an honest man. Uh, the stepfather snorts derisively and says the state uh, is full of these dime store Abe Lincolns. Mm. The louder they yell, the higher their price. So, yeah, stepdad is just this cynical, like, soulless businessman. Like, yeah, whatever. No one's actually uh, believes in any of this crap. Everyone has a price. Yeah. Uh, You think you can buy anything, don't you, asked Jack, uh, to which his stepdad replies, yes, don't you? (laughs) Uh, Anne and Jack, and Jack's mother, feel the tension rising and both try to forbid anyone talking politics at the table anymore. And Jack's mother asked Judge to give a toast. There's
1: also some of Jack's stepfather talking about jack's lifestyle and his job as a journalist and it's you know uh, we get the idea that what he does is not good enough oh no for them for and any,
0: anyone in this place
1: there he's complaining that jack is living on his dime like i'm assuming they're giving him money to so that he's able to live yeah. comfortably
0: yeah these are upper class people and they expect Jack to have a career controlling the peasants, yeah. not uh, a job that a peasant would have.
1: Yeah, not a not a creative job.
0: Yeah. You're supposed to control them, not live among them. What are you doing? So Judge stands up and uh, toasts to the future of the state and to the young people who will fix the mistakes of their elders. Uh, Stepdad informs the table that uh, he made no mistakes. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and though they may act high and mighty, they can all be bought too. Already have, in fact, with his money. Jack picks up his drink and splashes it on his stepdad's suit and leaves. His mother follows him outside and tells him to go back and apologize. But Jack refuses, saying he can get along fine without his stepdad. She needs him for the house and the cars and the parties and the clothes and the lies. But Jack doesn't. It's the truth, mother. For once in your life, face it. Face it, he says.
1: She even has this line uh, where she says, you know, I have to live with him. Yes, I have to live with him. That was...
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. No,
1: you don't. Well, okay, maybe, you know, we're in the South, we're in, like, 40s, it's... Oh, yeah. She definitely looks like... A woman at the time who wouldn't a, have a job and is just enjoying living oh, in high society and she, definitely on her husband's money. Yeah,
0: she's been a, a homemaker her entire yeah. life and, you know, it would not be impossible for a woman in this area to survive on her own. But uh, incredibly hard to maintain the uh, lifestyle she currently has by being yeah. a parasite. So,
1: yeah, I mean, imagine a woman. At, at, I mean, it's still hard today for for women to make it on their own and well, once you get divorced so i can't even even imagine what it would have been at the time to be a homemaker have no resources and get divorced
0: you're fucking up my free ride she says to jack
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so he tells her to face it and then jack's mother turns to Anne, who walked up during the exchange and tells him uh, tells her to make jack understand and then she walks away Cut immediately to Jack and Anne sitting alone in a room and Jack telling her that Burden's landing isn't real. It's so disconnected from the rest of the world it may as well be on the moon, he says. It's his mother trying to stay young and drinking herself old while she does it. It's old men like the judge, dreaming of the past. He asks her to leave with him, to which she replies, and do what? Jack stands up and walks to the fireplace, asking if she thinks he can't support them. And she joins him and says it isn't that. She doesn't care about the money. She just wants him to be something.
1: I hated that. Oh, it was gross. Oh, Jesus Christ. When she says, yeah, I just want you to to be something. To do something important. I
0: I, oh. I don't care about money, Jack. I just want you to be rich. <laughs> yeah, I just
1: want you to be rich and support me. I
0: just don't want you to be a fucking loser, Jack
1: it's yeah it's just the, the the really the phrasing here i I want you to be something yeah you're uh va- like how about you let him be who he wants to be
0: your value as a person is directly tied to what career you have jack and how m- much money and power you have yeah yeah, Gro- yeah gross yeah and is <laughs> gross the
1: that in combination with the i want you to do something important
0: yeah important to who <laughs> Also, do you have to do anything important? Yeah, because
1: <laughs> as we see, you know, throughout the movie, she doesn't really do anything. Uh, anything else apart from like, she does some philanthropy, but she she does it she doesn't seem to have like an actual paying job. Oh
0: yeah, she certainly has uh, ideas for how other people can spend their money. Yeah, <laughs> her job is to stand there and be pretty, and they're having this conversation in in front of. Uh, this fireplace that has this giant portrait hanging over mm-hmm. it, which I thought was the judge. But Jack's, uh, their conversation seems to imply that it's Anne's dead father.
1: Yes. He was the, he had been the governor of the state.
0: Yeah. So she tells him she wants him to do something important. And Jack responds with, like your father. And he like motions towards the. Uh, the painting. The the portrait. Uh, All right, I'll run for governor, he says. Uh, instantly followed up with the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Anne says it's okay, she'll go away with him, and they make out while the giant picture of her dead dad smiles down approvingly. (laughs) Uh, They break apart, and Jack says he wanted to hear her say that more than anything in the world, but now that she has, he doesn't know if he can live up to it. Wait for me, Anne. Wait for me. Yeah, sure, whatever, says Anne. Uh, Then we see Jack returning to the newspaper office, and the boss informing him that Willie Stark has lost his bid uh, to become treasurer. Guess that's the end of him, says Mm -hmm. Jack. Then we see Willie's wife helping her husband study law. Uh, Willie putting up a law degree on his wall, going out to talk to clients just like in the field.
1: It was like a very fast montage. These
0: are all, all these are happen in like less than five seconds. The first of many montages. And eventually working in an office with his name on the glass window. Uh, After that, uh, it's a short scene of a school where a fire drill is taking place. And the children on the second story of the school are brought outside uh, by a way of an exterior metal staircase. It's like fire escape mm-hmm. they have in New York uh, that collapses under the children's weight. We just get a an up close shot of like the bracket that's holding the the stairs into the wall, and then uh, it bending under the weight of the kids, and then just popping out of the wall, and you yeah. hear a crash and a bunch of screaming. From there, we go straight to their funeral, which is apparently a mass funeral because we learned later on that somewhere around a dozen children died yeah. in this. And it's attended by Willie Stark, despite the fact that he none of his children got hurt in it because uh, Tommy's like a teenager.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's standing by the, the graveside and a man comes up and raises his arm and yells that he's being punished by God for voting against an honest man. Other people then come forward to tell Willie he was right and ask if they can shake his hand.
1: That was a weird scene. Uh-huh. Like the, the man coming to the funeral and be like, oh, I've been punished by God. I'm like, how about you have some freaking respect for the fact that you're at a funeral?
0: Well, to be fair, God does have a very long and storied history of murdering children, to make a point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, but was that the time to say, was that the time to say anything? Probably not.
0: Yeah. I was one of his kids, so he's being punished. So he, he was grieving. He was out of his mind. We'll give him yeah. a pass this time. Close up of Willie's face uh, as a little grin begins to pull at the corners of his lips. Mm. Uh, from there, we move back to Willie's home where he sits at his table and underlines his name in the paper. How about that? He says to his wife, "He's starting a scrapbook."
1: Yes, that was another weird montage because you see him and his wife just cutting out articles yep. about him and putting yep. in a scrapbook, and like they're glorifying him. They're glowing, glorifying him by just gathering everything that's written about him. Yeah, it's you know, just weird
0: mementos of his rise to power. It's not the first time I've seen it with people like you know just frame newspapers with their names in them yep he's making a little scrapbook out of his and yeah we get a bunch of headlines about how he's uh uh leading a lawsuit against uh the corruption in the city for where the money actually got spent instead of uh, making sure the the building got built correctly and he's leading the the charge against that statewide investigation into the corruption that caused inferior material to be used in the school's construction and that montage of the headlines concludes with jack being told by his boss to get back to konomi because uh, konoma because willie is on fire then we move to a new scene that starts with a close-up shot of a county map and a man complaining that they're losing the hick vote mm. the camera backs away from the map to reveal a room full of political bigwigs including tiny Duffy and a woman with curly black hair named Sadie. It's the first time we see her. And I think uh, Pillsbury and uh, Sugar Boy are there too. I believe so. One of the men says that they need to find a dummy. A guy from the sticks strong enough to grab some votes and dumb enough to not ask questions. Duffy says he knows just the guy. Mm. Fade to Willie's kitchen where he sits with his wife and Jack. No more politics, eh, says Jack. Willie says that's right, he's just going to focus on his law practice and making a little more money. But then the sound of cars honking comes from outside, and Duffy and a few of the other bigwigs come into the house and tell Willie he's going to be the next governor of the state. Duffy does this by, like, uh, turning to the people that came with him and said, I want you to shake the hand of the next governor of our state. Uh, then we get another montage of Willie on the campaign trail delivering d- uh, dry, passionless speeches to small crowds while Jack and Sadie tag along. He's like in the back of a train as it just stops in various places and people gather around the caboose while he stands and yeah. he uh, just talks about facts and figures and uh, like, we need to fix the, the tax rules and th- this is the current tax structure and this is the changes we need to make to the tax structure. and
1: Yeah, it- he's been given some like talking points, but it's just very... very- very dry or at least he doesn't have the he doesn't have the charisma that he had before when we first meet him on that uh, on the street like he's not passionate about anything he's just yeah he's just talking about the talking points that they gave him
0: yep he putting people to sleep
1: it's not necessarily his agenda it's it, he's talking about their agenda
0: yeah what's this guy talking about numbers and shit ah. During one such speech, uh, Jack and Sadie break away from the crowd and move to a nearby building, and Jack asks Sadie why she's on this merry-go-round. I take notes, she replies. For who? Those whom pay me. Mm-hmm. Who are people. This is a frame, isn't it, <laughs> says Jack. <laughs> Split the vote and win it for the other guy. Sadie agrees, uh, but says, Even if Willie knew that, do you think it would really stop him? yeah she's very clear and upfront about uh willie just being a sucker and she's just there to to keep tabs on him
1: which also at that point when once jack knows i was surprised that he didn't tell that he didn't tell willie immediately and also i'm getting ahead of ourselves but i could never really get a good read on jack's opinion of the frame and i could never get a, a good read for how he felt really about willie like he went along with the frame
0: well i think at this point he still honestly believes in him and he's, he's not revealing the frame because he doesn't want to break willie's spirit
1: sure yeah i just i could never really get a read on on his intentions and on his opinion. Yeah. And
0: Sadie's just mean. Yeah. And she seems to delight in being mean. Yes. <laughs> you know? and she's Yeah. He's like he's such a big idiot and she like smiles and, and laughs and yeah, just cruel. Mean as a snake. From there, we move to a hotel room late at night where Jack is trying to coach Willie on how to give better speeches. Make them laugh. Make them cry. Make them mad, even at you. But for heaven's sake, don't try to improve their minds, he says. <laughs> Your mistake is that you're trying to get Americans to think. Yeah, and <laughs> you, it's not going to work. You have already lost. <laughs> Willie says he knows he's not going to be governor. and Willie's just laying down in a bed because uh, his feet are too worn out at this point even though he wanted it so bad it kept him up at night. At that point, Sadie enters the room, because she's in the adjoining room, Mm -hmm. and we get a quick shot of her yelling at them to shut up so she can sleep, and Jack says, You shut up! (laughs) (laughs) So then she she comes over in a robe and says, If they're going to keep her up, they should at least give her a drink. Yes. So uh, she enters the room and reveals to Willie how he's been set up. He's a sucker, and so full of himself, he didn't even get paid for it, she says. Uh, The next day at a county fair, Willie is scheduled to speak, And decides to get shit-faced before he goes up in front of the crowd. Well,
1: hold on, hold on. It's not necessarily that he decides to get shit-faced. They get him drinking in that hotel because she takes a drink and then gives him one. And he's never had a drink, apparently, at that point. And he takes one, and then two, and then three. And then he gets shit-faced because they give him drinks. They give him, like, probably whiskey or bourbon or whatever. Anyway, they get him drunk for... If we are to believe Willie is the first time he gets drunk.
0: I did not catch that he had never drunk before.
1: He, I think he says that his wife doesn't like it. And so he did. Uh, he, he's, he's a never, yeah. Yeah. He's never, never drunk before.
0: Yeah. That was the night before. So he has a hangover and then uh, they give him some hair of the dog to help his hangover. And we get this quick scene of uh, him like sitting on a a swing for little kids and a little girl coming up. And
1: Jack has a flask. Jack goes to get a flask and a little
0: girl comes up because she wants to get on the swing and and Willie just shoes her away.
1: Yeah. Shh. Yeah. Get out of here, kid. I gotta become
0: the governor. (laughs) So he's uh, shit-faced, and he goes up in front of the crowd to make a speech, and in his drunkenness, he decides to go off-script from his usual talking points. He, has, he does the cliche thing of taking out his script and, and crumpling it up and, and throwing it away. But that's not what I'm gonna say. He delivers a fiery speech about being a hick with a dream, and how he had to walk six miles to school as a child, etc., uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm a hick, and you're a hick, and look at the holes in your pants, and who do you think did that to you? And uh, I, I was a hick with a dream, but what I really was was a sucker. They set me up, and he's uh, yeah, yelling and, and gesticulating and actually uh, being fiery and passionate. Yeah, of, he's
1: incensed at this point. In,
0: instead of uh, talking about math, which nobody gives a shit about. Uh, the crowd loves it. Uh, and but Duffy and Pillsbury don't, and they're both staying there, and they try to stop the speech, only to be pushed off the stage by Willie, and the band even starts playing to try and uh, drown him out, and he turns to him, just shut the hell up, <laughs> and uh, keeps making his speech. And then we get a montage of Willie yelling at more crowds, uh, the crowds cheering, and the headlines about his popularity. This is where we get the, the scene of him in between the tiki torches.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: Yeah, and this is the scene where he the the hair like flops in front of his face. And uh, when we first watched, it, I was like, "Oh, are they trying to directly reference uh, uh, McCarthy?" But that didn't happen to, until the fifties, so I yeah. guess not.
1: Maybe uh, McCarthy uh, <laughs> was inspired by this. Watched movie. this
0: movie and said, "I want to be like him.
1: <laughs> I want some floppy hair."
0: Yep. Uh, ending uh, with a man who had the idea of finding a dummy, saying he wants Willie's throat cut ear to ear. Mm. Then we see Jack sitting at the newspaper office writing a story about Willie and his boss coming up to him and saying that word has come down from the top that they aren't allowed to write about Willie anymore. They'll be officially supporting his opponent, uh, Harris. Jack is disgusted and quits.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, the boss, they have this quick conversation where the boss is like, well, I work here. What do you want? And Jack's like, yeah, you work here, and you've got a wife and a kid who goes to Princeton. I know what's up. You corrupt piece of shit. And <laughs> he leaves. Yep. Cut to a headline saying that Harrison has won, and Willie walking into a bar to meet Jack, accompanied by Sadie and Sugar Boy. He's starting to uh, get his own goons at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells Jack he feels fine because he learned something. What? asked Jack. How to win, says Willie. Then narration from Jack uh, telling us that he didn't see Willie again until his next campaign four years later. And in the meantime, he drifted from job to job and further away from Anne and the life at Burden's Landing. And we get scenes of him, like, working in a bar as a waiter and, like, hitchhiking and you know, just, uh, you know, bumming around and doing odd jobs and stuff.
1: Which the timeline also matches that of Huey Long like he had his first campaign in 1924 lost and then came back and then and won in 1928
0: during the narration we see a series of newspapers talking about uh, Willie's growing popularity he lost the election but won the people his second time out it wasn't a campaign the narration tells us it was a slaughter though there were rumors that Willie made some strange deals to finance his campaign. He's making deals with uh, the very people he argued against.
1: Oil companies and all that.
0: Yeah, uh, yet another montage, and we see, uh, like, checks being signed, like, made out to oil companies and and whatnot, and uh, people cheering, and like, big posters with Willie's face on them, and even, like, political cartoons about people uh, hopping on the Willie band wagon and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, for, like, really large amounts of money for the time. Like, I remember one of the checks was, like, five thousand dollars i was like it doesn't seem like much today but five thousand dollars at the time that was huge
0: yep playing with the big boys yeah use big boy money so willie came back like he said he would uh he came back and he took me with him the narration tells us then we see willie and jack walking up some stairs in a hotel trailed by goons and the press willie pauses once they leave the press behind and asks his goons how many they think they can get 50 each, they say, at five dollars a vote. Get a hundred, says Willie. So it just, just immediately, <laughs> like, no qualms about being corrupt. Uh, he figured out how to win, in uh, how to win as, as being corrupt, basically. Yeah. So he just, he's just buying votes.
1: And that was a quick turn. And I'm gonna say, uh, I'll pause right here just because when we first meet Willie. And at least the actor who plays him, Broderick Crawford, really he's pretty really good at playing like an honest man. Yeah,
0: I was actually confused at first because the one thing I did remember about the the novel is that Willie was a corrupt piece of shit. So I was like, <laughs> maybe I didn't read this.
1: Yeah, and I really thought, you know, when we... I really thought when he lost that first bid to be commissioner or treasurer or whatever, he, that it was going to be us following him and, you know, eventually making it to the, to being treasurer of the state or a commissioner and, you know, having fought long and hard against the corruption. And then we see him here and it's just, it's
0: he's ame- a
1: complete turn, am- a complete switch.
0: Yeah, he starts wearing a trench coat. He just immediately turns into a mob boss yes. as soon as he wins.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, he yeah he's got like a, a cloud of goons wearing fedoras around him
1: Yeah, and he's so much more confident in that scene than he was before he was confident in before but in this scene he starts being smug
0: yep willie takes to power very well yes yeah we see it immediately here where they say they can get 15 he says get 100 and then like shoes them and like get out of here yeah Uh, Then they pass through campaign headquarters, which is buzzing like a stirred up ant pile while Sadie directs traffic and yells orders. She is uh, of the inner circle as well. Willie brings Jack and Sadie into a back room to have a private conversation and tells Jack that Jack works for him now. Uh, Doing what? asks Jack. Oh, something will turn up, (laughs) says Willie. After that, Uh, Jack returns to Burden's Landing for the second time, uh, but says that this time something was different. He had a feeling that maybe the waiting was over, for him, and for Anne. Fade to Willie giving a speech in front of the same fireplace that Jack and Anne kissed in front of to a small group of local elites, including Jack's parents, Judge, Anne, and Adam. After the speech, he asks if anyone has any questions, and Adam asks about the shady deals he's been making with the very groups he claims to be against. Willie says it's true. He has nothing to hide. Uh, He'll make a deal with the devil if it'll help him with his program. Uh, There are no strings attached to those deals.
1: (laughs) Mm, Yeah, right. There are always strings attached.
0: Yeah. Yeah. every other deal with the devil in human history has had a string attached, but uh, I managed to make the one that doesn't.
1: Yeah. I was surprised that he came out with it, that he was like, yeah, I made those deals. Yeah, I, I did. Some, I haven't made some of those shady deals, but well, it's only because I, I want to help. I want, I'm taking the money just to, so I can do some good things. Well,
0: I mean, people at this level of society who are honest with themselves, uh, they know what's up, yeah. They know uh, that corruption is a feature, not a bug. Because the entire as soon as Willie starts saying that, uh, Jack's uh, corrupt stepdad just smiles and starts nodding, <laughs> like, Yep, yeah, I'll vote for him. This guy knows what's up. He tells Adam that good always comes out of bad because you can't make it out of anything else. What <laughs> that that's some uh, Olympic level mental, mental gymnastics, he got there, but okay. Uh, you didn't know that, did you? He asks Adam. Uh, and who determines what's good and what's bad? asks Adam. You? Why not? Says Willie. How? asks Adam. Easy! Says Willie. You just make it up as you go along. <laughs> <laughs> after the speech, and everyone applauds, <laughs> his statement. Uh, and after the speech, we see Willie uh, talking to Judge outside and asking for him to join his team. Judge is hesitant, but is won over when Willie offers him the attorney general's seat. And as Willie leaves, Anne shakes uh, Willie's hand and huskily says it was a pleasure to meet him. Mm, Yeah, right. Ooh, I love a man with power.
1: Mm -hmm. Even a married man.
0: Seems like you're going to do something mm, important.
1: Right. He's going to be someone. He's going to do something important. He's
0: going to do something then we get a scene of Willie giving his acceptance speech on the balcony of the hotel with a giant poster of his face behind him, which should have been the movie poster, honestly. It's a good, like, watercolor, just drawing, huge drawing of his face. And this is a, a good shot, too, because we get him in profile. He's making the speech, and it's at night, and you can, like, see a Capitol building yes. off in the distance. Yeah, It's a really well-framed shot.
1: It was really good.
0: One of the, the best of the movie.
1: It was really well-lit, too. Yeah. There was some really good contrast between, because it's happening at night, and there was a really good contrast with the you know city and people that you can see down from the balcony.
0: Mm-hmm. He promises to build hospitals and roads and schools and give uh, give hope back to the people. Thunderous applause. Then another montage of Willie fulfilling these promises, even if he had to get his hands dirty to do so. Just like lots of construction being done and uh, buildings being put together and, and hands being shaken and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Politics is a dirty game, the narration tells us, and he played it with great skill. Uh, Jack was the keeper of the Little Black Book, a record of sin and corruption. Uh, Willie was labeled a clown and a show-off by those who disliked him, but he didn't care. He built a football stadium and was fiercely proud of his son playing in it. He also built up a private army and trampled on tradition. The crowds loved him, and Willie loved the crowds. The montage finally ends, and we see Jack walking into an office where Sadie can be heard making a racket in the back. He asks the receptionist what's uh, going on, and she shows him a newspaper with a picture of Willie with a pretty blonde sitting on his lap. Jack laughs and goes into the back where Sadie is muttering, Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. She does it twice, just like that, just completely deadpan. Uh, then she opens the door to the outer office and yells, I hate all women into the lobby <laughs> because she has romantic feelings for Willie, I guess.
1: I mean, yeah, that's what we're, that's the idea that we get that she has definitely, a, if not romantic feelings, she definitely has a, a, a crush on, uh, on him.
0: I don't know if Willie ever directly even talks to her in this movie. There is He
1: does.
0: There is no chemistry. It is come a completely one-sided thing on her part. Willie is barely even aware that she exists. She's just she's just one of the the worker bees to him.
1: Yeah, it feels like she, you know, he kept her around cuz she was good at her job and obviously she has an interest in him, so she's she's going to do everything that he asks for. And
0: you also can't really feel bad for her because it's a really slimy affection she has for him because she's like oh he's a bully and i'm into that like yeah ew
1: he's a bully he's corrupted he's but he's yeah. got some charisma he, he's, i guess he's
0: cruel and that's attractive yeah gross she's uh she's the female version of uh who was clark gable in gone with the wind what was his character's name Red Butler? Red Butler. She's a female Red Butler. She <laughs> she likes the cruelty. You're heartless and I love it. Was she pretty? She asked Jack. How should I know? I wasn't looking at her face, <laughs> says Jack. I, I can't hear you over the boobies, he says. <sighs> uh, Sadie complains about all the women Willie chases after and Jack says uh, she could always bleach her hair. Yeah, Jack's not... He's not the best <laughs> protagonist
1: and but also he's he keeps it real.
0: Yeah. I could also break every bone in his neck, says Sadie as she snaps a pencil.
1: That was a little much.
0: Yeah, uh, it would be easy like breaking a
1: toothpick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, after all she's done for him, he has the nerve uh, to two-time her like this? What about his wife, asks <laughs> Jack, <laughs> making an excellent point. Yes. "Uh she's a fool," says Sadie, "he'll ditch her soon enough." "You ought to know," says Jack and Sadie slaps him. Willie then speeds by and tells them to follow him because Pillsbury put his hand, and I quote, "in the pork barrel" and got caught. "Uh never did trust that guy," says Willie. <laughs> On their way out, Anne stops Willie and in a sultry whisper asks if he's given any more thought to her charity project. Yeah,
1: right. Her charity project.
0: The charity project of my Vagoo. <laughs> no time, says Willie, but call me later.
1: Mm.
0: And Willie uses a different tone to talk to her than he does anyone else in the movie. It's, yeah. a, it's his uh, a very low, uh, seductive voice, too. Then we get a scene of Willie uh, rubbing Pillsbury's nose in his failure and making him write and sign a resignation letter with no date on it. So if he ever screws up again in the future, uh, Willie can just put uh, whatever date he wants onto it and, and have him fired instantly. Yes. And yeah, Willie's being a, a super piece of shit in the scene. He's just got his feet up on the desk and uh, he like... He says something to the effect of uh, men like you weren't ever meant to be rich. And then he makes Pillsbury say it mm-hmm. himself. And then Pillsbury doesn't, he like kind of mumbles it and he says, say it, say it louder. And he does that a couple times where he's just forcing him to publicly shame himself. Yeah. Yeah. Gross.
1: And there's people around, like it doesn't just happen oh, yeah. between, just between the two of them. No, it's there's a public is, shaming. It's a public shaming, but there's, there's sadie there's jack and there's the judge
0: yep and he makes him uh write the letter and then he uh, demands that he uh get up and walk over and bring it to him yeah he is the boss and he's uh letting everyone know although he does i think jack hands it to him
1: no sadie
0: sadie hands it to him Yep, yeah, they that one command that they work around Pillsbury leaves after the shaming, and Judge tells Willie that uh, the papers already have the story about Pillsbury's corruption, so why is Willie saving him? Uh, You're talking like Pillsbury is a human, says Willie. You don't prosecute an adding machine when it breaks. You fix it. Mm. Yeesh. Uh, Judge is unimpressed with Willie's logic and tells him he's resigning. Uh, Willie says he's a coward, but no hard feelings.
1: Yeah, for now.
0: Yep. Next scene starts with a car pulling up outside Willie's headquarters as Sadie looks down from uh, the second story window. Willie exits the car and talks to Anne, who sits inside, asking when he's going to see her again. She's upset about having to sneak around, but Willie uh, sweet-talks her into believing that they have to. Come on, honey, you know that with all this Pillsbury stuff, I gotta keep a low profile.
1: I gotta keep a low profile, but honestly, like, anybody, there's no tinted windows at this time like anybody could see them together in his car yep
0: come on baby you know how much i like you if it was my choice i wouldn't do it but i have to (laughs) what choice do i have (laughs) then we're in court where a full investigation into the pillsbury affair is being called for but is overruled Uh, then a private meeting with willie sadie sugar boy and jack where willie tells jack to find some dirt on the judge despite jack insisting that the judge is clean Cut to Jack back in Burden's Landing asking Anne about the judge, uh, and Adam interrupts their conversation and begins playing the piano softly. After some friendly small talk, uh, Jack makes a toast to Adam being made the new director of the biggest hospital in state, which makes Adam slam his hands down on the piano. Don't you ever stop working for him, he growls at Jack. Anne wants to know why Adam is upset, and he tells them he's upset because, one, he's only being offered the job because he's related to Judge and has the same last name, yeah, and two, Willie is evil. (laughs) Jack regurgitates the, but out of evil comes good line, and Adam tells him he can't really believe that, and the actor who plays Adam has uh, an amazing, his ability to just stare daggers, like... He could just burn a hole in the wall with how he can just shoot lasers out of his eyes. And he does it at Jack here.
1: Yeah. I'm having this like with the weirdest thing here because I know exactly who he reminds me of. Yep. I can,
0: I can see the guy in my head too. I, I have no idea what his name I is. I have
1: no idea what his name is <laughs> and I have no idea what I've seen him in, but I can...
0: He looks exactly like him oh, too. Oh, Jesus. He's a modern actor. It's
1: going to... It's going to bother me for a while.
0: Years from now, we'll be watching some movie where the the guy shows up and we'll be in a theater and we'll just stand up. That's him! That's the guy, and the the, the, all the kings, all the kings, and shit. <laughs> and then we'll get thrown out. <laughs> it's him with the, the laser eyes. So he says, you can't possibly believe that. Uh, if Willie was really interested in doing good, then why was his first move to buy all the radio stations and newspapers? thereby controlling the the flow of information and what gets said about him.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Ann tells him this is all just his own foolish pride. He's always wanted someone to build a hospital, and now that there is one, it's not good enough, and she throws her drink and runs away as Adam uh, follows behind her, trying to call her back, and there's a very dramatic music sting when she does this. Yeah. They are just blinded by their own what willie provides for the both of them both jack and anne and they're just they're so deeply in denial
1: yeah i at that point jack doesn't isn't aware of anne's relationship no with, with willie and adam doesn't know either
0: nope they're both in the dark about it uh jack follows uh, adam and anne as well but is stopped by judge who shakes his head sadly and walks away i'm not mad i'm just disappointed Next scene is Jack looking through old records for dirt on the judge and finding uh, what he didn't want to find, says the narration. Though we we are never given the specifics of what this dirt is. It's just uh, something corrupt. That's all we ever know about it. After that, a scene of Sadie looking in the mirror and comparing herself to a picture of Anne. I can see it when I look in the mirror, she says. She can hold her head at just the right angle. Takes years of practice to do that. And she also talks about how she had, uh, like, uh, some sort of smallpox disease when she was a kid something that uh, scarred the the skin on her face. Sadie? Yes, Sadie had that. That's why her skin isn't as good as Anne's. Okay. She sees what Willie sees. Willie has big ideas. Jack, she says, because Jack is standing behind her while she does this. What do you mean? jack a uh, girl like that could be a governor's wife maybe even a president's mm. she replies as jack grabs her roughly and spins her around he shakes her and tells her she's out of her mind and uh, she yells back at him to ask willie ask him and jack slaps her returning the favor sure then we're with willie as he watches his son practice football Jack joins him and tells them he didn't find anything on the judge, and Willie says that he heard that Adam turned down the hospital director job. Heard how? Asked Jack. From who? Willie ignores him and goes to talk to the football coach, who's upset because Tommy keeps missing practice. Yep, this is the beginning of uh, the turn for Jack's uh, feelings towards Willie.
1: Yeah.
0: Where he begins to suspect and ask pointed questions.
1: Yeah, because he's like, he...
0: Cause there's only two people that know that and Adam wouldn't have told them. So yeah. Uh, Willie tells Tommy, he has to follow the rules just like everyone else. And Tommy replies that he always does good enough on game days for Willie to be able to brag uh, about it. And that's all he wants, isn't it? And he walks away. Then we see Tommy and a girl speeding down the road in a car as Tommy drinks from a flask faster, faster, says the girl. Um, While we were watching, I said, yes, we have to get to the scene of the accident because they're just they're swerving all over the road (laughs)
1: faster, faster.
0: (laughs) It's like this car has a giant like 300 foot tall neon sign above it (laughs) that says this car is going to crash. (laughs) And then we see some motorcycle cops start chasing them uh, and they crash. And we, uh, the girl gets completely thrown out of the car and you even see a little bit of blood on her forehead and the Mm -hmm. the cops come up and, uh, they check on Tommy and they say, it's the governor's son. Mm -hmm. Newspaper headline about the girl being near death in the hospital. And then we're at the governor's mansion as Willie in a Hugh Hefner style bathrobe. That's like got his initials on it. Yeah. Uh, meets with the girl's father and tries to bribe him into silence. He refuses to be bribed and tells Willie he used to think he was a good man, but understands uh, now that Willie never was. And he wants to talk to Tommy, and Willie tries to deflect and be like, oh, he's resting up after the accident. You don't uh, you don't need to talk to him right now. But Lucy, his Willie's wife, is there mm-hmm. as well, and uh, she's not a corrupt piece of shit like Willie is. So yeah. she actually goes and gets Tommy. Tommy actually apologizes yes. and, and owns up to the fact that it was all his fault. So they didn't get corrupted like Willie did.
1: Yeah, and I I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the uh, the fact that he that Tommy was willing to to own up to his fault, and that he was willing to admit that he was responsible and that you know the the blame should all be on him.
0: Yeah, Elvis is a good kid. Yeah, hope he makes something of himself someday. So uh, the the dad of the uh, girl who was injured in the crash gets up and leaves, and Lucy walks upstairs without a word, and uh, Willie yells after her he, and tries to follow, but drunkenly stumbles and falls when he tries to climb the stairs. He just goes up after her, Lucy, Lucy!
1: The and, entire time they're having that conversation, also, he's trying to offer the girl's dad uh, a drink, yeah. but he doesn't want a drink, and he's just... Willie just keeps taking shots. Out of, or uh, <laughs> out yeah, he's out got of a flask. a
0: big uh, glass decanter. Yeah, only the best. Yeah. So Jack, he he gets like five feet up the stairs, and then just collapses and like is almost crawling up them and and yelling after Lucy. He's
1: also trying to. Not subtly bribe the oh, yeah. girl's dad because, you know, oh, what, what business Wh- are yeah, you in? Yeah, what business
0: are you in? Do you like you have any problems you need me to take care of? You got a mortgage on your house I could pay off? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he stumbles on the stairs, and then uh, Jack comes and picks him up and uh, tells him he'd like uh, Anne to see him now. And then he calls him like a, a drunk or something as he uh, helps him up the stairs. Then two headlines... One about the girl dying from her injuries, and the second about her father disappearing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From there, we move to the packed football stadium as the crowd boos and shouts for Tommy to be put on the field. In response, Willie finds Tommy in the locker room and shames him into going out to play, despite the fact that Tommy tells him that he's been dizzy ever since the accident.
1: Yeah. He's dizzy, and he can't uh, see properly. Like, his vision gets very blurry. Mm-hmm.
0: While playing, uh, Tommy takes a nasty hit. Uh, the crowd screams, and he lays unmoving on the field. In the hospital, Willie assures Jack and Tom. Uh, Willie assures Jack that Tommy will be fine. He, he has to be. He's Willie's son. Adam then enters the waiting area and informs them that even if Tommy lives, he'll be paralyzed for life. Mm-hmm. Oops. Adam leaves to operate on Tommy, and Willie asks Jack if Adam knows about him and Anne. He doesn't know a thing, says Jack through clenched teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Willie also does not seem to be aware that Anne and Jack had anything between them either. I think he'd be more.
1: Discreet? Yeah,
0: discreet and subtle about this if he yeah. knew.
1: Although uh, he's that confident and smug that I don't think he would bother him. I don't think that even if he knew that Dan well, and Jack had a thing...
0: He's arrogant, but he, he's also politically shrewd, and he values Jack, so he would know not to damage that relationship.
1: I don't know about that. I think uh, Willie is very much into just save his own skin and to like, walk over and, uh, anybody. He'll crush anybody on the way to making it to the top, so I don't think that he would have any such scruples.
0: Yeah. Regardless, he tells Jack here, uh, and then Jack leaves the hospital and is met uh, right outside by Anne, who asks if Willie blames himself for the accident. Uh, Jack responds, he'll find someone else to blame in a few days. Uh, They walk together down the sidewalk, and Jack asks Anne why she did it, and her reply is that Willie isn't like anyone she'd ever met. Jack then gives her the dirt he found on Judge so she can show it to Adam and shatter the picture of reality he has in his head. He says, uh, go on, uh, break his worldview, uh, just like ours has been broken. It'll be good for him. Mm. Show him that the the family are human, just like everyone else, except Willie. Willie is God, and Jack is his prophet, and Anne is his... Jack trails off and then tries to apologize, but Anne won't look at him, and a policeman who happened to be passing by asks what's going on here, and Jack says it's fine. They both work for Willie Stark and walks away. Was he going to say Anne was his prostitute? Is that what he was going for?
1: I mean, I could have a couple words for that are possible here. Is this
0: like a Mary and Jesus thing? Because Mary was a prostitute.
1: He, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Prostitute is probably like the nicest way he could have put it.
0: Yeah. And you're his what? His what? And this is the. F- Anne does this super childish thing where Jack grabs her and she just, like, turns her head away so uh, he she won't look him in the eye.
1: Yeah, he only stopped himself here because it would have been improper for him to call her name. He was
0: going to call her something that the, the code wouldn't allow.
1: Yeah, if this was made today, he would have probably called her bitch or slut.
0: You're his whore! That too. Yeah. Uh, headline announcing the start of Willie's re-election campaign. And then we see a procession of cars approaching Willie's old house in the dirt field. Once Willie's gotten enough photos to trick uh, voters into thinking he's a humble family man he offers to show his elderly father how the new radio he bought him works because uh, he's clearly just keeping Tommy and Lucy in this house mm-hmm. while he lives in the state capitol. He just, he's storing his family here. Yeah. And just, he only goes to visit when he needs a photo op. <laughs> it's so gross. And they're all aware of it because he walks up the porch and tries to to give Lucy a kiss and she turns his, her head so he can only yeah. get her cheek. So they, they all at least are aware of what's going on. Of
1: course. Of course. I mean, she's most likely also better off living here away from him than she oh, yeah. would be in the state capitol. You, you wouldn't
0: like the city anyway. Yeah, is probably what he tells them. And then they have this super awkward looking uh, family dinner together where he sits down and he doesn't even know how to talk to them. He <laughs> he says, Lucy, oh, cooking still good. I see. Like,
1: yeah, you're still a good cook.
0: Yeah. Doesn't even know how to talk to his family anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is such a departure from the beginning, like the first scene when Jack is meeting both of them, really, because they come to Willie's house and, um, and Lucy, you know, make some food and everything. And they seem like such a lovely, loving couple mm-hmm. at this point.
0: I could I, on my rewatch, I could I could pick up on it. Really? You can see the hints of it because he's even in that scene, Willie is just completely focused on his election campaign to the exclusion of everything else. It's all he talks about in that scene. Like she talks about loving Willie in their relationship and yeah. all he talks about is the campaign. And she like she even uh, makes some comments to Willie about how he's trying to do good and like has to repeat herself because he's not listening to, to her. And his response is what? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: I did not pick up on that. Like I saw the them, you know, talking about when they started dating and when they got married and how Tommy came into their lives. I did not pick up on that.
0: Yeah. And the benefit of knowing what happens you know, on the rewatch, you can you can look for the thing and see that it's there. So they have that awkward uh, family dinner, and then uh, Willie offers to show his elderly father how the new radio he bought him works. It can even pick up police chatter, he says. Mm. Uh, He turns it on, and a report comes on announcing that the father of the girl killed in Tommy's car crash has been found beaten to death. And Judge is launching an investigation to try and prove Willie was behind the murder. Whoops. It's not the first thing that they hear. The first thing that they hear is uh, police chatter about uh, having to go somewhere because some guy is beating his wife again. Uh And Sugar Boy hears that and laughs at it. (laughs) So, ugh. (laughs) Gross. Uh, And then they hear about, yeah, the the guy being beaten to death. That's why he disappeared. Because he was in a ditch. Uh, Willie turns to his wife and son and says that they have to come back to the capital with him now for good optics. Tommy calls him out on it and, uh, Willie raises a hand to hit him, but is stopped by his wife. Young Elvis turns to him and says, you're the devil in
1: disguise.
0: (laughs) And yeah, and Willie, (laughs) Willie goes to hit, uh, his, uh, young Elvis who is in a wheelchair. (laughs) Yeah. Goes to strike a cripple but is stopped by Lucy. They all pack up into the cars, uh, including uh, Lucy and and Tommy, even though they don't want to go. And then we get scenes of the procession speeding down the road towards the capital, interlaced with uh, courthouse scenes of various lawyers calling for the head of Willie Stark. Yeah, Tommy really lays into him before they go, like just calls him out and like, you just want us there for photos uh, so you can pretend to be a, a nice family man with a crippled son. Yeah. And uh, after he tries to hit Tommy, Lucy stops him, uh, Tommy wheels away, and then Willie uh, turns towards the window and uh, complains about, uh, do you know what it's going to cost me to cover this up and uh, make this problem go away, and how much this is going to cost me? And Willie says, uh, did you ever think about what this cost, Tommy? And yeah. then uh, Willie makes a comment about uh, uh, all— Not
1: Willie, Lucy.
0: Lucy makes the comment about uh, what, it cost, what it cost Tommy, and then Willie says, uh, uh, a man just builds for his son. Everything he builds is for his son. Yeah, bullshit, Willie. <laughs> Why was he living out in dirt shack if it was all for him? Why does he not have the Hugh Hefner robe? Baloney. Then we see Willie conferring with his inner circle and asking who among them can come up with the votes they need. They don't say what the votes are for or... they need votes to to beat this lawsuit sure uh he tells jack to use the dirt he has on the judge to blackmail the judge into supporting willie because the judge has at least four votes he Mm -hmm. could sway
1: i mean it's going any impeachment like this would be going to the state senate yeah so they have to uh they have to get the votes from uh people in the legislature and yeah the representatives of the it, state
0: it's it's politics you you need votes for something at some point but jack says he's going to give judge a chance to prove that it isn't true first uh, montage of willie giving speeches around the state proclaiming his innocence and then jack making yet another trip to burden's landing to confront the judge and we get the usual car and barge scene mm-hmm. a lot of repetition in this movie jack talks to the judge alone at first but Willie comes in partway through and asks Judge if he's behind the impeachment proceedings. Judge says that he is, and Willie shows him the file Jack gave to Anne and tells Judge that if he doesn't back down, he'll release it to the press. We get a little bit of the details of the file, because Willie mm-hmm. sits down and asks the judge if he remembers a man named Little Paw, yeah. and if he ever remembers, like, working for the county electric company or something. Yes. So We know what position the judge was in when he did this bad thing, but no other details of what the bad thing is.
1: Blackmail.
0: Blackmail. It probably gives more details in the novel, but...
1: They mention blackmail, but nothing... Nothing more specific. Nothing more specific than that.
0: And, And, yeah. Jack gave Anne the dirt to show to Adam, but... But
1: instead she showed it to Willie. She gave it
0: to Willie, yeah. Which I really... Jack giving her the dirt was a really dipshit move that felt just happened for the sake of the plot because yeah. like why 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 would he do that what effect did he think that was going to have on anna adam like to change anything for the positive and just so this could happen later
1: well it's just it's because he does it i think because
0: he doesn't want to have it
1: he doesn't want to have it but also adam thinks that there are that there is such a thing as people who are not corrupt yeah a pure politician and Both him and Anne hold the judge as like a high standard. And
0: Adam's more likely to listen to Anne because that's his sister. Probably. Uh, It's it's still pretty weak, but I'll accept it. So uh, Willie tells the judge he'll release it to the press. Uh, Judge tells Willie that he needs a night to think it over. Uh, And Willie and Jack leave. Uh, Jack tells Willie that they're through. And Adam and Anne enter the hallway. Jack starts to accuse Anne of giving the files on Judge to Willie, but is interrupted by a gunshot from the room that they just left. Everyone charges back into the room, and they find Judge's corpse. He has committed suicide rather than uh, have his sins be exposed. Cut to Jack standing outside in the dark as crickets chirp, and Anne and Adam coming out to join him. Adam starts to dig into Jack for giving Willie the dirt, but Jack says it wasn't him, pointedly looking at Anne. Adam grabs Anne, and uh, she does the same childish head-turning thing, and he like shakes her and like, Anne, look at me, look at me, and she, she just turns it, no, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, she overacts all the time. It, she was such an annoying character.
0: It's just such a... It's like a thing a toddler would do, where it's like, look him in the eye, and they, no, and they just turn their head and won't won't look at you. Uh, next scene is Jack in a hotel room packing a suitcase while he listens to a radio announcing about Willie's loyal supporters coming out for his trial. Anne enters the room and immediately does the head thing again, uh, and Jack grabs her and says, no, I want to see you cry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Anne tells Jack he has to talk to Adam and make him understand about her and Willie. He hit me, Jack, she says. He hit me. He's an old-fashioned man, replies Jack. And, and he also says that uh, Jack is the new type of man. He would just run away from the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Please, Anne begs, if you ever loved me. Jack leaves in disgust.
1: I also didn't like this line. Like, if you ever loved me, like, don't don't try to be manipulative. Anne
0: is just a a remorseless, manipulative, gold-digging piece of garbage. She's awful. Shots of the crowd gathered for the trial, people holding signs, bands playing, uh, and Jack uh, pushes through the crowd to make his way to the front near the courthouse steps. The crowd starts to chant Willie's name. There's, like, cars driving around with big pictures of Willie's face on them. Yeah. Uh, And the camera moves into the courtroom where the prosecution asks how they're supposed to work in the face of such political pressure. And we get... There's people making calls and, like, announcing to the crowd, like, All right, start chanting now. So it's a a coordinated thing by Willie's goons to exert pressure. Uh, Sometime later, the sun has set, but the crowd still remains outside the courthouse. A speaker makes the announcement that Willie has been declared innocent, and the crowd goes wild. Willie himself then comes out and gives a speech about how they tried to ruin him, but it is they who have been ruined. More cheering. Willie spots Jack standing nearby and takes him by the arm, leading him back towards the courthouse, when Adam steps out of the shadows. Willie sees him and says, Doctor, I'm glad to see... And Adam pulls a gun and shoots Willie twice in the chest. Sugar Boy and Willie's other goons return fire, killing Adam and chaos and screaming ensue.
1: They shoot him like ten times. Oh yeah,
0: they go nuts on yeah. Adam. They just they just dump their entire clip into him. Yeah,
1: like Sugar Boy is just emptying his gun on him.
0: And this happens super quick. Like Adam just steps out... Uh, Uh, Willie sees him and goes oh hey doc what's going and he shoots and that all happens within the span of like a second and a half and then they just dump all their their ammo into Adam and he just keels over immediately dead although there's no blood from either of them when they get shot Anne appears out of nowhere kneels by Adam's body and then uh, gets up and walks away Jack catches up to her after just a few feet and asks where she's going I don't know I don't know leave me alone she whines uh, but Jack tells her that that's too easy. They have to live for Adam's sake, so his death has meaning. They have to make the people see Willie uh, the way that Adam saw him. A goon then comes up and informs Jack that Willie is asking for him, and he better come fast. Uh, Jack makes Anne promise to wait for him. Uh, he has to repeat it a couple times. You'll wait for me, right? And then she just stares blankly. You'll wait for me, right? And then she f- I mean,
1: just like the way he asks, will you wait for me at the beginning? Yeah. And then I was like, no, she didn't wait for you at the beginning. This is just an echo of a scene we've already seen. She's she's just going to flee.
0: Yeah, she, she nods dumbly and he moves away. He goes to Willie, who's propped up against a pillar with his head sunk onto his chest. Uh, we get a close up shot of Willie's face. Uh, he's sweaty and kind of bleary eyed. And he says, could have been whole world. Willie Stark whole world willie stark why did he do it to me willie stark why and he slumps over dead the end (laughs) (laughs) that that's what he had to tell jack i don't know that seems like that could have been a message for anybody i don't know why he specifically had to say that to jack
1: well, Jack's the writer, so if anybody's going was going to write Willie Stark's story, then he needed to hear the last words.
0: Take down my last words for posterity. <clears throat> uh, here they are. Why'd he do it?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the words I'm about to say will change the course of history. <laughs> yeah, very abrupt ending. Yeah to the point where uh, I laughed out loud when it happened, because it just it gave me a whiplash. Like, he keels over and the end pops up, like, oh, what a, What about end? What happened to Jack? What happened to anybody after this?
1: I honestly, I didn't really care. Yeah. I was ready for the movie to Yeah, end. I
0: was ready for it to be over at that point, too. Also kind of thematically consistent, because the whole thing uh, centers around uh, Willie's ego, right? So as soon as Willie doesn't exist anymore, neither does the movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very very ready for this movie to end because i i didn't really relate to any of the characters apart from maybe adam there's
0: really no one to root for yeah, yeah there's no
1: one to root for there's i can the only one that i can kind of relate to is adam because he is the only one who really sees or seems to see uh willie for who he is and he's the only one who's willing to rebel against his corruption and try to stay away from him as much as possible but that's yeah it's the only one and we don't see him very often on screen either so it just felt all i felt watching the movie was just i don't want to say hate because that's too strong but just disgust i felt disgusted by all the characters yeah they're
0: all just kind of slimy and unlikable yeah because even
1: jack at the beginning he seems like he seems like a good semi good person and then he just goes along with everything and it i don't know it
0: this it felt like this movie was uh it just shows how desperate people are to keep their masks in place and how they don't want to ever reveal the corruption in anyone else because then the corruption of all the other people will be revealed. Yeah. Which is the whole thing about Burden's Landing being separated from reality and just uh, a corrupt mound of, of shitty rich people.
1: I was wondering why why Jack stayed. Honestly, Because he knows how corrupt Willie is. Mm. He's the keeper of the Black Book. I was wondering yeah. the entire time was like, what does he have on you? I've
0: seen I've seen other movies like this, and they're always frustrating. It's it's the kind of movie where a, a group of characters watch some figure like set piles of babies on fire. After like two or three hours of this happening, they're like, "Huh? Well, well, maybe it is bad to set piles of babies on fire." <laughs> like, yeah, no shit is this really a revelation <laughs> i don't think so but they seem to
1: the that's really the only thing that i could think of is like that willie has something on jack but we just it's never made explicit no
0: it's just that jack wants to believe there's a line from the judge that he says to jack about how jack just doesn't want to admit that he made a mistake in backing mm. willie so yeah it's all about people being more comfortable with their delusions than having to face reality, just like Jack's mom, not wanting to to face, you know, he tells her to face it, face it, and then he won't face his own situation. Yeah. Also, yeah, the the conclusion he came to at the end with Anne were how they have to live and show other people uh, how Willie was. Uh, like people know who he was. The way that Adam saw him. that That seemed like a weird... Lesson to take from all this? It,
1: yeah, it definitely felt out of place.
0: Yeah i I would think that more the lesson to take here is that the government structures in this country are just inherently corrupting, and you're you're doomed to repeat the mistakes of your your predecessors because when you act upon the throne, the throne acts upon you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's it. He's like even at the end, he's still trying to hold on to some portion of of his naivete. Mm-hmm. No, it could work. We just we just need to do it right next time. We just need to get the right baby killer. Yes. Of course, asking a film in the 1940s to acknowledge the inherent flaws of the political structure might be asking a little that's too much. A little too much. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: definitely. We a we much.
0: just got to the point where we understand that it's bad to make fun of people who have a stutter. So <laughs> we get, we have to crawl before we can run.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I just. I didn't feel really strongly one way or the other about it. I just, yeah, it was too long, even though it was under two hours. Toward for the last half an hour, I was just like, because it's one of the one things I remembered about the novels that he gets shot in the end. Mm. So for the last thirty minutes of this movie, I was just like, and now he gets shot, and now he gets shot, <laughs> and now he gets shot.
1: <laughs> Remember what I said when we made it to the, you know, people outside of the state capitol or something. I was like. I just hope that he gets shot like Kennedy style.
0: Yep. And then after he does, I I turned you and said, it was more like how Oswald got shot. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) just coming up out of the crowd.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. It's one of those movies. I I just really didn't enjoy. Like I understand the need for it. And I understand that it's uh you know, a fictionalized version of, of historical facts, but, i don't know i just i'm that much of a maybe of a naive or idealistic person that i just don't i don't like corruption as nobody should and it just it was bothering me to really to see somebody represented and to have so like so many people around him who know that he's corrupt And And, do nothing. And do absolutely nothing. Just sitting on their ass, doing his bidding, and do absolutely nothing. Helping him be corrupt. Yeah, helping him be corrupt. Do nothing to bring him down.
0: Well, good comes out of evil. That it's the only way to do good. It's the only way. (laughs) Even (laughs) though he admit, he openly admits to everyone that he's just making all this up. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, "Whoa, it has to be true." (laughs)
1: <laughs> which is, you know, which is something else that I had against Jack's character is that he has, he's the keeper of the little black book of yeah, they call everybody. Him,
0: they call him the Hatchet Man. The Hatchet Man. Multiple times yeah. in the movie.
1: He's got that little black book of everybody that uh, Willie has dirt on so that they can bribe them. But he also should have had. A black book just on willie to bring him down if necessary and we just never we never see that it's just never given as uh an optional exit for him or for the he, other character. he wanted to
0: believe and also his belief wasn't ever finally shaken because willie went too far his belief was finally shaken because willie started banging his girlfriend yeah that's what made him come around jack sucks
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's Really, not a great note to end on
0: for the 40s. No, the, yeah, the, the 40s ended, uh... Very poorly. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. (laughs) Yeah, no good.
1: The, the 40s started, like, really strong. Yeah,
0: really strong, and then just Uh, took a nosedive in the past two years. Yeah. Though this was miles and miles better than what Hamlet was, so... (laughs) It was an improvement. We just didn't get <laughs> back to the, the high points.
1: I don't know where to put it. I haven't really made up my mind about where to put it on the list.
0: Uh, I think it should go somewhere around the midpoint because it's not good and it's not bad. It's just it's kind of boring and repetitive and like, you know, from also suffers from because from our the modern standpoint like of course politicians are corrupt like everybody knows that in modern times but back in the 40s that was probably way more of a revelation to people right what the the people don't do what they say they're gonna do they're not like they are when they give speeches and in the newspaper what yeah
1: this was a a little too Close to home, given who we've had as presidents in the last decade. Yeah, here, so. we've
0: learned nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Any thoughts about where you're going to put it on your list? Uh,
0: I'll put it below what happened one night and above Mrs. Miniver. I think that's exactly where it should go, which is almost like dead center middle of my list, which is, that is what the middle of, of any ranking list is, is just the stuff that was most forgettable because the stuff at the bottom is the stuff you really hated and the stuff at the top is the stuff you really liked. So the middle is just this, this no man's land of just eh, and that's exactly how I feel about all the Kingsmen, eh. (laughs) Eh. So, it is now my new uh, number 14 out of 21.
1: Oh, I think it's going to go lower than that on my list. Uh...
0: I liked it at first. It's just the back half, it it lost me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I think I'm going to put it between gentleman's agreement and cimarron sure that's as low as it was for me i'm not
0: going to make any kind of argument for this movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) so it's my new number 19 i have yeah it's sitting between gentleman's agreement and cimarron it seems appropriate honestly
0: yep and then next week, we'll be doing our 1940s retrospective. Yeah. And then the week after, we'll be starting the 50s, a new decade.
1: Yep. And the, we'll new 50, the, the new 50s. The, the new, new 50s. The new 50s. The new decade starts with All About Eve.
0: All About Eve. And then pretty soon, we'll be getting uh, consistent color movies, too. Uh, yeah. It was, it was 12 years for the first color movie and then, which was 39 and then Mm -hmm. another 12 years. So that'll be 51. 51. When we get,
1: or I think it might be 1952.
0: Either 51 or 52. Yeah. And then I think by mid, mid to late fifties, we'll be getting just color movies from then on. Yes. And until we get a a black and white one that's uh, artsy and stylish.
1: That'll be a nice change. Yeah. Not that I haven't enjoyed the black and white, honestly. I. Yeah, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, ready for colors. I'm
0: ready for color to be invented.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not that it hasn't been invented. We've had Gone with the Wind. It's just that it's far, by far more expensive yeah, it's to too expensive do it in colors. colors.
0: Had to get cheap enough for uh, everybody to be able to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not everything can be on the scale and on the budget of uh, Gone with the Wind. Yeah.
0: When we get to the point where we don't just break out color for uh, the racism movies.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the uh, retrospective of the 40s next week.
0: Yeah, I think this gave us some fodder for uh, the worst character categories.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. There's definitely going to be some like solid contenders. Yep. I don't know. It's probably going to be harder to pick... You know, the best male character and best uh, female character in this decade, because was not going to be that many.
0: Yeah, there there were more stronger female characters in the 30s for both good and bad, yeah. I, I think. We we had a real dearth of, of strong female characters yeah. in the 40s. Yeah. There, there was no mammy. <laughs> there no. was no mammy this decade.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Nor will there ever be another mammy.
1: Mm-mm. Anything else?
0: I think that's it.
1: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
0: Yep. Until next time. Bye. Bye bye.
1: Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it.